Hello and welcome to episode 95 of My Fantasy Zamboni. As you can tell, it's a little bit of a different voice than what normally welcomes you. Unfortunately, we have a little bit of an IR issue with the podcast team. We'll go with those who are here this evening. Andy Stafford is in the building. Andy, how are you? I'm not so bad, thank you. How are you doing? I'm not bad, thank you. A little bit sore from uh, more injuries, um, which we can can brush over. Um, but no, not too bad, thank you. Um, and also, on his final week of his uh, PTO, is Ash Rose. Ash, how are you, mate? Uh, same again, a little bit sore. Um, recovery from an injury a few weeks ago. But yeah, I'm about from that, I'm all gravy. Excellent stuff. So, as we mentioned, Joe's on the IR. Uh, wish him all the best to full health. Um, our favourite Mancunian. Uh, Gref, he's a date, he's a last minute decision. We he may be on the IR, he may make it. Um, we'll see. Um, so, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast. We've had a fair few games. So, let's go through them and I hope you're all sitting comfortably. Friday, 1st of April, Belfast beating Glasgow 5-1. Cardiff beating Dundee 7-1. 2nd of April, Guildford beating the Devils 6-5 in overtime. The Steelers beating the Panthers 6-2. The Dundee beating Glasgow 2-1 in overtime. And Coventry winning the close one against 5-2-1. On Sunday, you had an interesting game in Nottingham when Nottingham lost 10-4 to the Coventry Blaze. Uh, Manchester Storm beat the Sheffield Steelers 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, five beat Dundee four three regulation and Belfast beating Guildford five nil after a few delays where the kit was stuck at the airport. Wednesday the sixth uh, we had Guildford beat Coventry four three. We had Dundee beating the Panthers eight uh, three and the Steelers beating Manchester eight two. Saturday ninth Coventry lost to the Nottingham Panthers six four. Uh, the Belfast Giants won the first game of the double header to the Sheffield Steelers 3-1. Guildford winning in Cardiff 2-1 in overtime. Glasgow beating Manchester 7-4. And the Five Fires losing to Dundee Stars 5-1. And then Sunday 10th, we had the Coventry Blaze beating the Glasgow Clan 2-0. Cardiff winning in Manchester 4-1. Five with the double over Dundee uh, the weekend. No, my apologies. Uh, they won the first one, sorry. Uh, winning 4-2. Guildford winning in Nottingham 5-3. And the Belfast Giants winning in a shootout in Sheffield to seal the league title. And we had a couple of games last night. Uh, Glasgow beating the Sheffield Steelers 2-0. And the Panthers getting a little bit of revenge on Coventry winning 9-1. Gents, out of all them... What was your game? What was your highlight? To be honest, it's going to sound very weird. My highlight game was last Sunday at the arena, between Belfast in the shootout loss. Um, just on the fan side of things, the energy and excitement within the building has probably been best all season. And we gave it as all. Um, we thought when, I thought when we got that equalising goal that we've got this, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. We're going to get this. We're going to keep this going until the end of the season and make it a bit of a roller coaster. But unfortunately, uh, it didn't happen. And uh, lost in the penalty shootout. Cracking round the penalty shootouts, though. Thought we were going to go. A lot, thought we were going to get a repeat performance. So some that we've gone in the past day of about twenty rounds. Don't talk about that. It's fine. <laughs> but um, enough. Um, and also, it was a bit disheartening. But 
Ah, on that basis, of just from a fan's point of view, it was a really exciting game to watch. I felt could have gone either way. I've gone for the um, Guildford Flames 5-3 victory in Nottingham from Sunday. Uh, it's it a well-timed four-point weekend help Guildford Flames clamp to sixth in the Premier Sports Elite League. Uh, just one week of the regular season to play. Come off the back of a 2-1 overtime winning Cardiff, the Flames were up to up inside 10 minutes through Jamal Watson and then a screenshot from Jake Bolton. Ian Waters fired home in front of Will Killings net at 29.31, just five seconds into a power play to make it 3-0 before Chris Gary tapped Homer at the far post for four at 32.53. Jeremy Welsh scored at 43 minutes 17 and then again at 53.09 to bring the Panthers back to within two. And when Matt Lane's goal was upheld after a video review by the, Pan- that the Panthers were just one behind with 80 seconds left, Ian McNaughty found an empty net with 62 seconds to play to secure the victory for the Flames. My game uh, in that period of time is another game against the Coventry Blaze and, and the sheer definition of uh, a back-and-forth fixture. Uh, Nottingham um, was actually behind very other doors, Yonah uh, Lackanen. Uh, within a minute or so. Then Nottingham got back into it. Uh, Sean Richards and uh, Matthew Toussignon made it 2-1. Uh, Evan Budoff made it 2-all. And Jordan Kelso went on the shorthand to make it 3-2 in the first. Edwin Hedberg then went and made it 4-2 early in the second period, thinking this is going to be a bit of a walkover. And then it changed very rapidly. Unanswered goals. John Curran, Ryan Penny. John Curran again. Evan Budoff, Ryan Penny. Connor Chalk, Mitch Cook, and John Curran again gave the Coventry Blaze a 10-4 win. And I don't I'll ask you guys, I've never seen a fixture where a team's been up 4-2 to be absolutely destroyed. No, I can't. Well, I could name one. Uh, the... Um, semi-finals against Cardiff in the Challenge Cup where we were about five or six goals in front go down to Cardiff and lose about 6-0 or something daft weren't it weren't that the playoff quarterfinals did the playoffs so far it was Challenge Cup semi-finals I want to say it was quarterfinals because I seem to recall the game yeah we, we kind of had like a big lead we're thinking well it's no, it, it was it was yeah I think we were 7-1 all, all season what on earth were we doing 4-5-6 up and then they just one, two, and you're like, oh no, they're going to do it. And then they did do it at their place. Yeah. yeah. The game itself is like, well, just looked like a playoff 34 semi final, didn't it, really? It did have a feel that like a lot of people made a lot of money. <laughs> Not that we endorse people making money on the third or fourth place game at the playoffs. However, you know, history, history suggests that does happen. Um, so yeah, loads of games there. And, um, all leading to the business end, and we said before the, the, the double header in Sheffield between the Steelers and the Giants was going to be the, the proof to who was going to lift the title. And unfortunately, if you are of an orange disposition to see the captain of the Belfast Giants lift the league title on home ice, your home ice, um, it wouldn't have been what you'd have hoped to see. However, um, it happened. Um, one of the things that just stings the most as a sports fan, seeing a team win a silver on your, either your home ground or your home ice. Um, but 
we'll kind of touch upon the hot the, the the games themselves. I mean, you look at it. You know, both teams going for the title. Sheffield managed to get nearly sixteen thousand fans in both days. Huge, you know, kudos to to the season getting them numbers through. Uh, Belfast surprisingly brought a very healthy um, uh, number across. Would have had one more on the Sunday had she not uh, put her alarm late uh, wrong instead of AM instead of PM and she missed a flight. Um, she'll n- remain nameless, but those who listen will know who I'm on about. Um, but guys, I mean, Saturday was kind of Belfast doing business. Uh, but Sunday definitely had a Game 7 feel, and both teams gave absolutely everything. Uh, you know, as, 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 as an advert for the game in this country, what an advert it were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, it were a, good, a, a, a fantastic game. It was end-to-end. It were, Belfast won the first period, Steelers won the second period. It were deadlocked in the third the chances at both ends, both keepers played phenomenal, and kudos to Rock again. Kudos to Rock in that game; he played really well, and the defence also stepped up and helped him out. And we we looked, like I said earlier, we looked like after we got the equalising goal after their power play goal, which again was a complete copy of what they did the night before. And um, I thought this was going to be something we'd build off of. And to be fair, we came close, and obviously there was that um, check on that one where the net got pushed off. Um, and to be fair, uh, I wouldn't have liked to have been the referees in that decision, making that call with how it all came about. Because I'm not going to lie, that must have been a very, very difficult one. Either way, you're going to either way it's going to upset either one of those teams, and if the goal had been given. That would have made Friday very interesting, depending on how the rest of the game panned out. But it got waved, and yeah, penalty shootout. We always know what it's like. It's a fifty-fifty, and just took that one goal and sealed sealed the the Belfast's win. But I think since probably the first month of Belfast, actually starting after COVID. Uh, restrictions, they've done not but build and build and build into a winning team and it's proven that with the success in Challenge Cup, the success and now they've caught us up in the league obviously the game's in hand and everything's all balanced out and the and yeah it's unfortunate but what can you do? Absolutely mate and Andy, I mean I don't know what you thought but when you've seen Saves by Beska Warrenie in the first period and then saves in the shootout. I mean, when you kind of see stuff and you go, if ever you have signs that it's just not going to be your night, I think they were definitely there for the Steelers, weren't they? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Beska was pulling saves off you'd see in the, in the AHL, you know, on in the odd uh, Stanley Cup game. I, I don't know how he got to that one uh, with his paddle it's just amazing oh, to say what about that <laughs> yeah um it makes some great saves but the team as a whole in belfast you can just see from that whole performance why they so far considered less than 100 goals uh this season uh every every guy stepped up for their team 
uh, Jeff Baum, who uh, has been relatively quiet, I think, last of the season. He, he had one of the best defensive performances I think I've ever seen from a D-man. He's blocking things left, right and centre. Um, you know, all Sheffield could do all night was just shoot at, shoot at legs. That's all they were doing because they were just they were all over the ice. So we mark them down. They were putting pressure on them. And I've never seen that from uh, a team so much as Belfast has done this season. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a whole defense as well. It's a whole offense. And uh, you know, we've pretty much raved about a whole picnic, uh, Goodwin and Conway line all season. And it's just absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's not one of the three top point scorers in the league. Uh, I'm there for a reason. One of the best lines in, in British hockey I think we've seen for a long, long time. Uh, just, just, just doing everything right. Uh, finding those corners, finding those, just, just finding those everything really. Uh, just massive credit to the team that Keith has put together. You know, um, the players that's recruited. Probably at the start of the season we're thinking, you know, um, probably weren't thinking much of them, but as soon as the first start in a few games played, we saw why they were recruited and uh, why it's put them together. Uh, but yeah, just massive kudos for, for Keith and um, just as a whole, the, the game itself was a nice advert for uh, for Hawkins country and uh, really glad that it was televised. It was great for from both teams in the end. I think Sheffield hit the post and the crossbar once or twice and then, then there was a whole uh, incident with the um, did it go in when the net went off. Uh, that's, that's difficult because like Camry, even from a fan's point of view, it was too high up to see where that foot was. Way too high up. Um, so, yeah, can sort of understand why why that wasn't given. There was no definitive evidence as to as we're crossing the line. So, you know, you, you, you've got to take that and uh, give that to your advantage. And the Steelers did. They really did. They had uh, a few face-offs in, in, in the giant zone and they almost, uh, they almost scored at least two more out of that. They had some great chances, but uh, just couldn't find the back of the net. And like I said, the Defence and the goaltending for Belfast this season, especially, has been incredible. Uh, probably, I don't think we'll match for a long time as well. So, just a great game. I mean, you mentioned about the number of goals conceded. I've just quickly checked the top four teams and the goals they've conceded so far. So, I appreciate that can include last night. You said Belfast, 98 conceded in 52 games. Sheffield, 133. Cardiff, 127. And Nottingham are 184 conceded. If anything, amongst the plethora of reasons why Belfast are and have shown that they're head and shoulders above everybody, that alone. Um, I mean, like both both you guys said, it weren't for the one of trying, and it, it was just the energy both sides gave. I mean, I, I was saying you just felt in the second Sheffield have got them. The foot's on the throat. You've, if you want to get this, keep this title run going, do the job now. Don't go in one all. And Belfast just held on for dear life. And we, we mentioned on the podcast and in, in, away from recording that, you know, you need to get lucky with injuries. We're talking not games lost due to injury, but key players, key scenarios. You've also have got to have a bit of luck. And I know Cardiff will say, well, their luck's the laptop, but they've had luck in terms of, you know, other things in that. When you've got your team just absolutely throwing everything to blocking every shot, I mean, Kevin Rain, I mean, if you've not seen why he missed Sunday's game, 
as a bloke, you may want to miss that one. He um, he certainly gave it all, let's put it that way. But they're the, not his injury when we're saying the next thing, but the telltale signs of one team's win silverware, whether it's the league, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's the Chance Cup, Belfast have them categories in abundance. Um, and, and it just showed. Um, like I say, I've not paced up and down in a game since the Challenge Cup final in, in Cardiff a couple of years back. And that was as back and forth uh, a game of hockey. And again, good, you know, both sides give everything. Um, I, I've got to say one thing. I mean, me and Ash mentioned this. And what I wouldn't mind knowing is that for those who listened to it and watched the game on the TV, how did the the noise in the in the arena come across? Because that was the loudest that building was for a long, long time. But not only was it the loudest, it was loud by the fans, not led by a song on the jumbotron, not led by Sweet Caroline in uh, sings on the jumbotron, not by Sweet Caroline. It was the fans going, "Let's do this," and by Christ, they did. And I say, I've not heard that, that loud for a long time. I'd probably go as long back as when we beat Cardiff for the title and Legui scored the game winner. Um, and that was that building was loud. And, you know, kudos to, to the Sheffield fans for their part. Belfast fans, both nights, did their part. Um, and again, that atmosphere alone just adds to the advert for what that game was. I mean, it's, it's, it's a few days now since then. I, you know, I don't think any of us Sheffield fan, regardless of, of on this podcast or just in, in general, would realise and uh, appreciate just how much a damn good game hockey that were afterwards. But now you kind of go, damn, that was good. Uh, the hockey was good. The atmosphere was good. I'd uh, say the refereeing was good. It let the players decide everything. <laughs> In all fairness, I think that's what's kind of took the sting out of it for me. The fact on the basis of the things you've just covered then, that that for me is what's made it a little bit more easier to digest the fact it came down to a weekend, we was unfortunate, but the fans still had that belief and that energy and brought it to the game. And, and we mentioned that um, a few weeks ago as well, that we need to pack that arena, we need to get the fans going. I mean, I can't realistically say I can remember much of the Saturday game. Um, Highlights to your friend. Yeah, uh, but in the terms of that, the atmosphere and everything else, but on Sunday, it were electric and they were a buzz about the air. And to be fair, it did make a difference. It, and I think also you could see it made a difference in the players' faces afterwards. I mean, when the, when the, the teams went to the, the side of the rink for like the man of match it was, you could see, apart from the fact, yeah, the, the fact that Belfast had just won it and the players were disappointed in that fact but I think also you could see in the faces that they felt like they'd let themselves down as well as the fans and I think because of how buzzing the arena was it made it worse for them I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that the, the, it was that dejection look, but I'll, I'll raise one thing I mean I think it was yourself actually who said Basquarini and Stanovic were outstanding and they were outstanding uh, on Sunday I tell you one player I felt obviously fed off the crowd. Eberle. Oh yeah. Wow, what a performance. And I'm not saying as as a Sheffield fan and a Sheffield player, but you if you watch him all season to then see that performance and he was playing like game seven where everything's left on the line. He didn't stop. He I threw mean, the body in front oh, of, some of the hits, in, And they were good hits. Oh, they were clean. Oh, 
I mean, I think me and Andy were talking to some of the Belfast fans afterwards, and even they were like, "This is a game seven hit. We're 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 in business now." And they know that that type of thoughts we're getting from MLA. And it was just like, I mean, in fairness, some of the Belfast players you could tell rose to the occasion, and they obviously knew get the win and they won the league. It's easy to do that, but you've got to still do it, and they did. So yeah, it probably it will go down as one of the best nights of hockey at the arena. Mm-hmm. We'll not think that because it, you know Belfast won the league on our ice. But one thing, one of the fans who we spoke to afterwards, they said it, remi- it from your perspective as in Sheffield, it reminded them of the Conti Cup final that they hosted, and they pulled back the final game and lost on a shootout. Mm. And they said it's just exactly the same. And the arena was buzzing. They, the roof went off when they pulled it back. Everything, you know, it was literally like for like. But, you know, I mean, we've not said it properly. I mean, we've mentioned it, but congratulations to Belfast Giants on the league title. Um, and good luck in the CHL. If anything, that's the bit that annoys me the most, that they were in the CHL and it's not Sheffield. Um, if they get drawn against Prague, well, you know, how much time how you leave have I got left? Um, but no, you know, well done to the Giants. Best team throughout the season. Players that's been a joy to watch. They could go on to win a Grand Slam. Which, by the way, would benefit Sheffield. Because mm. if, if, oh, if it's a Belfast-Sheffield final, or if Belfast win the playoffs, Sheffield would get the Continental Cup spot. Mm. So, not over yet. There's still a bit, bits to play for. Obviously the playoffs, but also the, the, the new crack at Europe. Um, but, guys, anything else about the weekend game? Thing. I see a lot of shaking heads. Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll leave one thing: the, the Giants fans that were over, um, pretty much a credit to their team. They, they were they were loud, they were boisterous, but they were very very humble in victory. Um, and, and kudos to them. So you kind of don't mind that. It kind of softens a little bit when fans are like that. And you, you saw it with people that never knew each other and just like you know shake hands, well done. And they were just yeah, their, their fans were great. They all got home safe. Uh, and sound with that extra luggage. Damn you, Belfast. But no, well done, Belfast. Um, so just just going to say that that's what, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what makes hockey the best sport, because you wouldn't see Man City and Liverpool fans doing that. No, you saw them fighting in Madrid. Really yeah. <laughs> Remember me, Stanley? Other <laughs> <laughs> accents are available. Um, <coughs> just they're editing for Joe there. Okay, I'll just send him the the, uh, the same product. It's fine. Um, so, league title done. Belfast tick. Chance Cup. Belfast tick. Now onto the playoffs. If the playoffs was to end now, these are your fixtures: Belfast v Glasgow, Sheffield v Dundee, Cardiff v Guildford, Nottingham v Coventry. I'm going to open up with this question. What would it be like, a likelihood of a playoff weekend without Sheffield or Nottingham, if them fixtures were the case? I'll up on the floor on that. A lot of upset fans that have paid 120 quid for a ticket. But, if, you know, in terms of Sheffield and Nottingham, and I know it's, we don't focus on any teams particularly as difficult as it is being Sheffield fans. If ever you could get your bogey teams this season... 
<laughs> Stranger <laughs> things have happened this year. Um, and I'm I'm kind of interested how the playoffs are going to pan out because we always know for a fact playoffs fetch the best out in every team, do or die, to make it to that weekend. And I could honestly see, I could even see, and I know we've just um, kid kudos to Belfast and how the, and how the great success they've had this season and how well they've played. But Glasgow, if they end up getting Glasgow, that's not going to be an easy fixture for them. And the way Glasgow have been playing lately, and again, I, I can see a lot of the like the lot of expected teams to be there this, at the weekend, not to be there. I mean, Starrett is is starting to be a hot goalie. So you don't, and especially in a shortened format, the last thing you want to face is a goalie on absolute form. Uh-huh. Absolutely, and uh, <clears throat> as a, from a Sheffield point of view, I think I'd hate to have Dundee uh, knowing the look we had against them previously with their backup in there, who had literally played his first two games, and they were against Sheffield and they won both games. You know, uh, so we'll just see that happening again. So I'd, I'd, I won't want Dundee, especially having that travel up and then travel back. Uh, it'll be a lot, <laughs> a lot to take for him. So. Um, yeah, anyone but Dundee, really, for me, I think. But, um, yeah, uh, Belfast-Glasgow could be a pretty good series. Um, again, I mentioned this. This is why I, I picked Starrett over Besco uh, from, a, from a pick goalies, uh, because Besco is a great goalie, and he's shown that this weekend, what he can do. But Besco has got an incredible team in front of him, and <laughs> they, must, they, they must have blocked at least 20-odd shots over the whole weekend at least because they were doing it left, right and centre uh, but with Starrett I think having the team as in front of them which is obviously not as good as Belfast uh, and they are lower in, in league for a reason but Starrett having his form that he is now plus being on a slightly um, more uh, I don't know what the word is a slightly better team should I say Um I think he'd, he'd approach what Besco is. In, in fairness, with that team in front of him, I think he'd be doing exactly the same. <coughs> uh, so that's the reason why I picked Starrett over Besco, because, you know, on his own accord, he he, he can deal with everything, and, and he's shown that recently, so that's that's why I picked him. But, yeah, I think it'd be a good series if it, if it is sent to. Another fix to that shouldn't be as... As close as you expect it to be. Again, it's all assuming that these are the fixes that we're going to see. There may be a little change in 6, 7, 8. But Cardiff-Guildford, I don't think, is going to be the walkover or the easy fixture that Cardiff will think it'll be. In particular, as we've not mentioned, as it has happened recently, that they've uh, released their head coach. Mm. So, And they've also they've lost recently to Guildford. So, <coughs> Another tie that could really upset the apple cart. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I've, I've never been one to um, think Guildford is an easy side. The last few seasons, they haven't been. They've had a very strong team and they've been coached really well. Um and, and to be fair, from over the last couple of seasons, there's been some cracking games between Guildford and Cardiff. It's been kind of one of them, I won't say close-knit rivalries, but you know what I mean? Like, 
you have them games in which they always seem to have each season a good coalition of games against each other, in which there's a lot of back and forth of Cardiff smashing one day, Guildford go go to there and smash him again. So I don't know. I think that one be a bit that, like Andy said with um, um, Belfast and Glasgow. I think again it's going to be another good series. I th- <laughs> Yeah, and um, it's, it's difficult with Scald here because we, I don't think we've ever seen this before. So late on in the season, literally two weeks before the playoffs, we just decided to part ways with our coach. And um, it, it's a strange one because I've never, I've never seen that before. Um, I don't think a whole lot of details been given as, as to why, but um, no, it's, it's, just, it's just very strange because. It, How's that going to affect them going forward without a coach? It's it's strange, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that- could that could that affect them uh, in terms of them not making the playoffs? Um, and that would be a massive massive blow and a, and a massive shock to the whole league if if it, if it did face um, Guildford. Uh, but in terms of the league itself, it, it really is open season in in terms of um, playoffs because anyone. This year could make it, and I don't think it's been this way for a long time. And this is what makes it interesting for the first time in a long time because before you knew exactly who was going through. It was either one, the to- it was either three of the top four going through or the top four. But literally one to eight, it's, it's anyone's game this season. And, and this is this is what we're here to see. And uh, we all want the league to grow and, and see uh, different teams win trophies instead of the same four. Uh, so could. This would be an opportunity for one of the uh, <coughs> for the lower lower teams, shall we say? Um, could it be their chance to win it? It's it's a very interesting one this year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to throw a question to you guys. Let's again assume Cardiff, Guildford, and Cardiff and and Guildford. So it was actually going to would win the tie. Would it be a bigger shock this year? Cardiff not be knocked out by Guildford. Than when Cardiff didn't even make the postseason a few years back. What would be the biggest shock? I think if you're going off the current form of the last few seasons, is Cardiff not making it? I can't remember what year it was that they didn't make it. It was one of the last years in the, in the BBT. It was when um, oh. Pope was, uh, right. and his many hats, was behind the bench. Oh, yeah. Um, in that case, then, after they'd been knocked out by Guildford, I mean, since since they've left the BBT, Cardiff have, have been pretty much the dominant team, you know, they've, uh, apart from this season. Last season, it didn't go ahead for obvious reasons. Um, but before that... They were pretty much up for everything. They were still winning trophies. They were they've been uh, competing really hard, you know, since um, Lord came in. And they had Joey Martin as well, and, and so many other players, uh, Bounds. So since they've come in and obviously now left, uh, they're a completely different team again. So compared to those current years where they were literally dominating everything, and compared to now where they've literally got rid of the new head coach. Two weeks before and end of the season. Uh, I think losing to Guildford would be the biggest shock, to be honest with you. 
I have to go with that as well. Um, again, form of Cardiff over the last few seasons. But again, like I said, Guildford are, it's not an easy time. They don't, you don't, it's not a case of you see what you get. They, they are quite a, a different team. And one night they could be outstanding and could be league contenders. The next they could be scraping for the playoffs. So it'll be interesting. Um, as the playoff week, as the playoff quarterfinal, so it is always. Let me put, let me get you guys to put you close to the mast. And again, we're going on the basis of these are the fixtures that'll be the quarterfinals. When we do the recording next week, I assume that we do a recording next week. These could be different. So if it was the case, who goes through? Uh, just the team, not score. Belfast Glasgow. <coughs> I'm going to say Belfast. I'll agree with Andy on that one. I can't... It'd be, bear with me when I say this. It'd be, it'd be amazing to see Glasgow go through. Um, just to sh- shake up the apple cart a bit. Uh, but I do think it would be Belfast that would go through on that one. I have to agree. Be close on, but I have to agree. Sheffield Dundee. <laughs> I'm going to start this if Sheffield play the first game at home which they can do Sheffield go through I genuinely think if Dundee have the first game I have a nagging feeling that Dundee will make it I'm going to say Sheffield regardless I think the players are going to take what happened over the last weekend and the last bit of run of form and they're going to put everything in, cards on the table, every amount of energy, what have you, to get us to that weekend, to get us to them, to the semis, to the finals. So for me, I think it would be Sheffield, regardless of home or away start. I'd, I'd say Sheffield as well. Uh, I'm by no means by walkover. I just think having a team raise a trophy in, in their own barn is, is, is going to be... Uh, they're, they're going to be reeling from that, to be honest with you. They're going to be absolutely seething about it. So all I can see is a really big push to get through. Uh, th- that's got to have, have, have lit a fire up the backsides massively. Because it, it hurt anyone. It, obviously, they want to make up to the fans because uh, they looked dejected after that game and Fox you know I've not seen him that dejected for a long long time so yeah I think there's going to be a massive 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 push for that and they'll put everything out there regardless of injuries um, I think if, if they can rest a few more players before next game in Belfast tomorrow um, then I think they've got a pretty good pretty good chance Cardiff Guildford I'm going to say Guildford. Ooh. Tricky one, but I think Cardiff. I, I'm with Andy. I, I th- it's, it's by all means a walkover again. I, you can see Guildford sneaking this one, but I think Cardiff will do enough to make it. They want to try and salvage something out of the season. So I think they'll sneak it. And then Nottingham Coventry. 
Coventry. And that's not because I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> and uh, um, I think Coventry have got something about them this season, and I think it's I think it's something that they're going to use and push for and get themselves to that playoff record because they've compared to recent seasons, they're a completely different team on how they've been playing and they've they've took us to a fair few overtimes and a fair few penalty shootouts this season, so and I think with the loss of Carr and his the fact they've had to go for a emergency goalie route. I don't know, I think that might be a bit of a dis- game changer for them. I've got to agree with you as well. Um, I've got every faith in Downey that he can uh, put a good show on. Uh, I'm killing as well, whoever gets uh, chosen for each game. But, yeah, I just can't see anyone but, but Coventry. I think they've uh, pretty much got what they need to make it through. Not even have been a bit hit and miss, mostly mostly miss over the last couple of weeks. Um, it was a good, it was a good win that they got. Uh, as revenge, but I, I just think Mott Mott is in his element in terms of playoffs, and I think a lot, a lot of the players are there as well. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going down to the wire. It, it really is, but I could just see uh, Coventry sneaking as well. I agree. I I think Coventry is going to do it. Um, and as much as we mentioned about Nottingham's goalie uh, having to be changed through the emergency rule. I think there's another goal at the other side of the of the arena that needs to be uh, looked at to be playoff ready, and that's CJ Mart. And everyone knows how good he is. And if he can stand his head, Thomas could help us to win the playoffs. Um, but we'll see. One yeah, question. We, one on. quick question. Depending, obviously, of the, uh, the guesses that we've just had on who we think who will get through to the weekend, do we know how the format will land on the weekend itself? Who will play who in that? So if we were to go um, with the teams, the majority that would go with in terms of winning their tie, it would be it would be Belfast Coventry and Sheffield Cardiff. Sheffield and Belfast being the home teams, and then if I've got it correct, it would be um, well, it would be obviously the two winners, but the highest ranked seed will be the home team. So if Belfast do it, they'll be home team regardless. And then I think, um, yeah, I think that Sheffield Cardiff could be the home team. I don't think there's actually a chance that Coventry could be in the car because they're the lowest ranked team. So, yeah, they'll be the away team throughout. Um, and there could be some pretty tasty ties. Um, then if Guildford was to make it through, um, it would mean a Belfast Guildford and a Sheffield Coventry. Again, that, if that happens, oh. <laughs> nah, this is football down here. Um, I would say Coventry to win the playoffs. I could see that. Could definitely see that. If that falls like that, because that was my that was the reasoning behind my questioning. Because if yeah. it was, was going to be an opportunity, an option for it to be a Belfast Coventry final, <clears throat> I'd have Coventry down to win. Yeah, we've, we've said before that the, the team that's most dangerous to win a, a title on a one-off game out of nowhere is probably Coventry with, with the, the net minor. But it depends if the defence turns up. 
again, as we've ever with the playoffs, so many questions, so many factors. It could all change in a week, and on the weekend, it could, you know, so much could change. So, it gives us a bit more excitement um, with the last few weeks of the domestic season um, before all the domestic shirts go in the wardrobe and the, uh, the red, white, and blue of GB come out. But we'll mention that briefly later on. But say so, playoffs, as, even as a short format, it's still exciting, and we've we've seen many games. Uh, the Sheffield Nottingham tie a few years ago. Uh, I think you mentioned it earlier on, Ash. In the quarterfinals. Yeah. Debian's overtime winner. That was a naughty, naughty game that I never want to relive through again. No. Not at all. But, you know, fair play both teams. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even drink that day because I had work that night. No, you, you remember that, yeah. I couldn't drink, and I'm like, uh, uh, to be fair, I, I tried to get a few hours in, and I, you know, because of the adrenaline afterwards, I just could not sleep. I think, yeah. I, got, I think I got about an hour in before starting my shift, and I was we was in the pub afterwards, and actually, it was it was actually an effort for that very reason because it was like, what's just happened here? And it was actually an effort, as, as a hardship as it is, it's just like, no, nothing was following because it was just like, you're still just wound up and. And we thought that was the ultimate, the week after said more. Um, so, playoffs on the horizon, always the uh, the most wonderful time of the year, uh, as they say. So we move on to, unless there's anything else, apologies for about the playoffs. Just shame that we're not there. We'll be Nottingham. We'll be Nottingham, not in here. We'll be Nottingham. We may try and do some live stuff. Uh, we, we need to have a confab about that. I will say one thing. Premier Sports are meant to be showing tomorrow's Belfast-Sheffield game. Um, this is Friday. It depends on when it's uploaded. They're now going to show a quarter-final one game and a quarter-final two, uh, first leg and a second leg um, instead. So they've got some meaningful games, which I think is actually a wiser thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. Without sounding stereotypical, it is a bit of a dead rubber game, isn't it? It or is. is it? No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's nothing to play for. We all know it's played in the past, so Matt, you know, Premier Sports may as well have a game that somewhat on the line. I've, I've no issue with that. Um, so, we move on to our all-star teams, and in the previous two episodes, um, we've done our netminders, and we've done our defenders. Now, obviously, there's only three of us. We will get our teams, and we'll put them on socials, uh, so everyone can see the, the, the five sets of teams as obviously Ash um, has been contributing to this on his uh, PTO um, but we now do the one that I hope won't take long but I'm looking at my own so my office could take a while um, the forwards so we'll go around the table four lines um, two teams so that's 24 players just for those who uh, need a bit of assistance um, we'll go Ash because I think you've already done your team you've already done a while back haven't you uh, quick question, how many forwards would that be? I need to name. 12. 12 per team. 12 for your first team, 12 for your second team. Yeah, come back to me, I've only got nine. <laughs> okay, Andy, where are you with yours? Uh, I'm pretty much there now. I'm just, I'm actually just swapping one person out because um, I've been debating about it all day, but on the second team, it's a very difficult one to, to, to really pick. Yeah, so I'll go mine. And then we'll go back round, give you time more, give you time to not rush your swaps everything. So, uh, team one, uh, in no particular order, particular line, they're just going to be the 12 forwards. Um, 
because I look at these and I go, you could be on one, two, three, or four. Um, Pickernick, uh, Conway, Cooper, Charlie Combs of Dundee, um, David Goodwin, Brody Reed, Marco Valorand, Matthew Roy, uh, Sebastian Benskin of Dundee, uh, Rob Dowd, Luke Ferrara, and Latal. My first team. Second team, Adam Brady of Manchester, uh, Trevor Cox, Ian McNulty, Cole Sanford, Tanner Eberle, Jamie Welsh of Nottingham Panthers, Yanni Lackanen of Coventry, Evan Mosey, Philippe Sancher, Ben Lake, Vocek Polak, and Matthew Myers. So there's my 24 forwards who I feel make an all-star lineup. I've got team one, team two. Who wants to go next? Oh, go on then. I have to be Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I've done it as in uh, line two all the way to four for both teams, and I've got uh, left wing, centre, and right wing as well for them. So my first team, line one, I've got JJ Pichnich. Uh, Scott Conway and David Goodwin. Just want to point out the actual point totals for these guys. So JJ Pichnich, 79 points plus 50. Conway is 77 points plus 39. And David Goodwin is 58 points plus 35. I mean, that's just insane. Insane. Okay, so my second line, uh, I've got Martin Latal. He's got 48 points plus 30. Brody Reid, 57 points plus 4. Trevor Cox, 55 points plus 22. My third line is Mark Cooper, 59 points plus 24. And do us a favour, slow down. Okay. Mark Cooper, uh, 59 points plus 24. Robert Dowd, 52 points plus 20. Jeremy Welsh, 53 points plus 1. Uh, and my fourth line is Marco Valerand, 57 points plus 23. Charlie Combs, um, I say Tom Daly's cousin because he just tends to dive a lot, but he's still a good player. Uh, 58 points, uh, minus one. Uh, and then I've got Adam Brady with 58 points and minus 28. And that was a big factor to, to take in at minus 28, but at the end of the day, uh, 58 points is nothing to be sniffed at either. So going on to my second team, first line, I've got Matthew Watt, 56 points plus six. Uh, Ian McNulty, 47 points with a minus nine. Uh, Christophe Boiva with his 52 points and plus three. My second line is Sebastian Bengtsson with 56 points plus two. Uh, I've got Tanner Eberle with 38 points plus eight. Robbie Bayajar with 42 points plus eight. Philippe Sarch, my third line, uh, 42 points plus 16. Jamal Watson, 48 points minus five. Jake Koffler, who has, is, is only played 30 games, uh, but no, he's, he's got 30 points and plus seven, uh, and he's been a great, great addition to Cardiff. Uh, so he's my third line. Uh, and my fourth line, I thought I'd give a shout out to, to, to Fife, so I got a player in there. And that's Michael McNicholas, uh, 44 points and minus eight. We've got Yanni Larkinen, 49 points and minus two. And then Luke Ferrara, 48 points, minus nine. So before we see Ash's uh, homework that's copied, um... <laughs> I must no. 
<laughs> we'll wait and see the evidence, don't worry. Um, I must be honest, Andy, I, that was a lot of my decision-making, the, the plus-minus. Adam Brady w- w- was what swung me to put him on the second team for that minus. Um, but, you, you know, a lot of players, it's like good plus side of things. So, again, another couple of good sides. That would be a, a good battle, that. I'd, pay, I'd actually pick up when to watch that one. So, Ash. I need two more. Give me a sec. Yeah, dear man. But no, there's, it's it's one of them. It's I mean, you, you all do it for sort of the fantasy leagues and you kind of go, yeah, yeah, this player, that player. But I don't know about you, Andy. You look at the players and you're like, there's some that I want now, I won't pick him. But then you, there's a few names you've mentioned. I'm like, I didn't even thought of it. I wouldn't have even gone down that track. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, I mean, last couple of weeks they've been pivotal uh, in terms of league placing and uh, that's when you saw players stepping up uh, that you haven't some that you haven't done before. I mean, there's quite a few teams that have got depth, and there's a reason why they've got depth because when you know the, the top players can't can't keep that, that scoring run or, or that or that um, keep blocking those shots, what you want is people who's going to step in uh, so you you know they can take the load off uh, those top players. And for the majority of teams, that's what has been the case. We've seen players popping up over last over the last month or two. Uh, put in some really good performances and get some good points so it's definitely changed from what I would have thought uh, more towards the beginning of the season uh, but just so, just show us how far the league has come in, in terms of yeah, a, a little bit more um, evenness between all teams obviously there's going to be that massive uh, massive um, sort of wage uh, and uh, money size is going to be different especially for the top four or five teams but I think it's still been pretty close without that, so uh, it's been a great season. It has indeed. Right, Ash, are you ready? Yeah. Right. Uh, team one, I haven't assigned any lines, I've just got the players. If that's okay. Uh, Justin Hodgman, Evan Mosey, Martin Littal, Pickenich, Matthew Myers, Josh Waller, Matthew Ward, Ben Davis, Robert Dowd, Wild card, Alex Graham, Larkin and McNally. Team two, Scott Conway, Doggett, Marco Valoran, Matej Suntu, Dupont, Ollie Betteridge, Brandon Whistle, Jonathan Phillips, Luke Ferrara, Curtis Hamilton, Tusignan and Ian McNulty. Well, if a team was defined by Ucat, <laughs> there you go. There's interesting selections, mate. <laughs> Again, the same thing I said, Randy. There's some I'm like, really? That's all the fun of the fair of putting your, your all-star team together, mate. Mm-hmm. So some interesting teams that we've put together. And I think at some point we, we may do an episode that is just putting our team together. Because I think that will be... With the five sets of selections, that could be an episode on its own. Um, what we'll do is we'll publish all five teams. We'll get Joe and Greff's teams. We'll put them on the socials. Um, we'll get that active and we'll we'll do that. And then we'll, once we do, we may even do it as a live one. We may actually do that as a as actual live and put the team together. Uh, some off season fun that. Um, submit for the card. So right. Again, so before we move on, just just one point. It's like it's, it's, it sounds even better saying it like this, but 
between Pitchnitch, Conway and Goodwin, that one line alone combines 138 points plus 124. That's, that's just one line. That's filth. I wonder why they won the league title. <laughs> but uh, no, again, once we do put this out, tell us if we're right or wrong. <laughs> Who we missed out. Are there some other players that we should have considered and some that won't have? I know there was some disagreement and disappointment that we some of us picked their heart um, in the teams, but uh, again, we will go with that. So that's us forwards, and uh, when we do decide to put the actual team together, we'll uh, we'll go from that. So thanks, guys, and, and Grafford Joe, when you've done your teams, uh, thank you very much. It's a fun exercise. It's somewhat different end of the season. Um, so, we now, we've kind of flew through the agenda, gents. Um, so, we're on to Stafford's stats and stories. Ready? Wow. Oh. I'm not even I've ready got, yet. <laughs> I've got my slippers on and the cocoa is ready. <laughs> um, I have to get the unicorn head out again. Kind of gone, doesn't it, Fred? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise someone took a picture. I think two of us took a picture. <laughs> I just haven't put the one. I think Greff put, took one and put it on the... Yeah, I got a... I took one and I just haven't put it on yet. Yeah, we got a reply to that, which I can't repeat. <laughs> I can imagine what that reply were. So, Andy, the floor is yours. Your section. I apologize for the intro music. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. This weekend, good scone has basically sealed the deal. Uh, Belfast Giants are the champions after uh, two wins against Sheffield. Uh, they have 84 points uh, in second and pretty much cemented there uh, for the rest of the season. Is Sheffield with 80 points. In third, we've got Cardiff uh, with 70 points. In fourth is Nottingham with 55 points. In fifth is Coventry with 50 points. Also with 50 points is Guildford. In seventh is Dundee with 49 and 8th is Glasgow. All those teams make the playoffs, uh, and unfortunately, uh, Manchester are on 40 points, and 5th on 37 points. Uh, I'm afraid that they miss out on the playoffs this year. Uh, hopefully we see a better team for them next next season, and, and we'll see them right up there. Uh, in terms of um, top points, scores, we've pretty much gone, gone through the top three anyway, but I'll go for it again. JJ Pichnich, uh, he has 79 points. Scott Conway, 77 points. Uh, and Mark Cooper with 59 points. Then we have Charlie Combs with 58 points and Adam Brady with 58 points. Uh, top goalies, we have Matt Carruth with a 2.16 goals against average and a 93.6 save percentage. Taleb Skrawani is in second with 93.1. Uh, third, we've got Jackson Whistle with 92.8. And then we've got Rox Stanovitz with 92.7 and Shane Owen with 91.5. Thank you very much, Andy. Um... And say the one stat that they always say the league table never lies. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain Fife and Manchester would be doing their best already to work out what they do to make the postseason. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens next season. So, um, before we go into predictions, have we got any other business? I've got two. One will be at the end of the episode. It makes sense when I say it. One, uh, well, I alluded to as in when people put the domestic jerseys away and they uh, bring out the red, white, and blue. Uh, Great Britain have announced, alongside their games against Denmark, in warm up to 
the World Championships of Finland, they have got a couple of games against Italy lined up on the, I'm going to say the 5th, yeah, the 5th of May and the 10th of May, uh, which is, I think, four days before GB's first game against the Czech Republic. So GB having four games very close to each other um, to prepare for the world champs. Uh, I'll, I'll bring Andy into this only because um, we're obviously heading out to, to the world champs, but it now feels like there's a bit of proper preparation going off, although it's very condensed because of the obvious reasons, but it feels like a proper preparation's happening now. Yeah, and for, for me it's needed. I mean, again, it's just been in this, another season where it's been handled by COVID at, at the start, and um, obviously that, that meant that he started the season later. Some teams having twice late still. Uh, it, it really has, you know, for what his phrase has, has fluffed up the um, the the games in, in how little time they've got to play them. Uh, I mean, the first time I think we had the playoffs in, in in May, so it's it just shows how much of a uh, how much of a impact it's made upon the league. And obviously, two weeks later, uh, GB flying out, so. It's really important to have as much preparation as possible, and just having that training camp for me is not enough. We're not going to get that, uh, that game experience that they are needed to go out. But now that they have announced that these games uh, against these teams were well, really good opposition as well, so it's really going to test them, and it's something that we need. Uh, it's, it's always better to throw them in deep end because you now that's what it's going to be like over there. So. It's better to be prepared, and this is a great decision because they are against uh, some good teams in Italy and Czech Republic. Uh, certainly, are up there. So, yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic from uh, from the um, GB people there, the higher people. Um, yeah, great to find these games and, and get them scheduled in, and uh, it's a it's a great way to to prep. So, it's great news. I'll throw this question to Ash. Um... And I'll lean on, on your playing experience of hockey in general. What would you say would be a, a better preparation for a tournament like this? So the comparison is last time Slovakia they had about two or three training camp and a further game out in Slovakia, whereas this is very much condensed, probably about maybe five or six probably days of training camp with four games in between. What would you say, you know, uh, probably, I would, maybe not the better preparation but the one that's going to get the most out of uh, the guys well, I, see, I think the sheer fact that it's going to be coming close after the, the domestic season finishes is a good thing um, they're not going to lose out of the routine and of day to day life uh, when they're working out of the gym and stuff like that and the meal times and all that lot and I also feel like going up against high calibre teams it always a bad thing because it gets your mindset of the the pace you're going to be having. It's like um, when I've played like Division One teams uh, at ball hockey, and they've been we've been outclassed. It's always a good feeling to have knowing that you've competed against, and if you manage to get a result or some form of decent result against a decent opposition, it's more of a confidence boost than absolutely peppering the hell out of some out of, out of a team that aren't going to be at the level that you're going to be coming up against. And also, it's a good... It's more 
a good side and more beneficial on the coaching side of things to see what works and what doesn't. And I don't know whether it, if the way that the phrase I'm using right is a taxi squad before then before they make the final decision on who they're taking, whether that be confirmed by then or what. But then it also gives you opportunity to look at who is actually going to take and who's going to be there to do the job. I, I suspect that that, that squad will actually probably be announced very shortly. Um, and I suspect maybe before the last Italy game, the squad will be announced uh, that will actually make the trip to uh, to Finland. Um, and we did put our initial squad uh, recently, so I say it's it's very exciting um, from a perspective of not seeing the world champs since Sir Ben Davies' overtime winner. Um, I'm getting excited. I still, in the back of mind, and this is conversations in, in the groups that you, the WhatsApp groups and the messenger groups that you're in, until that first puck's dropped, I don't know what Andy thinks, but until that first puck's dropped, it's when I actually believe that it's all done and dusted. Because, um, you know, with the way the world's been over the last two years, you kind of think, you know, something crazy's going to happen. Um, but no. Um, so, yeah, tickets are on sale now for all four games. I think tickets are available. Um, and I do believe they're going to be having a webcast. Uh, so uh, that'll be something for. Are they uh, in Nottingham? Uh, so the first game against Italy is at Milton Keynes. The, sec- the first game against Denmark's at Coventry. The second one is in Nottingham, and then the fourth game um, against Italy's back in Coventry because they normally have the training camp in Coventry. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, and also that that Tuesday the tenth one. Get some, we'll get some beers and uh, watch the game. Some birthday cake, that sort of guys. So just a heads up. Um, good, good prep for us before we head out to to, to, to Finland. So, and just a quick reminder of the, of the fixtures for the World Champs. Fourteenth, uh, GB play of the Czech Republic. The day after, it's against Norway on the fifteenth. The seventeenth, we play Sweden. The nineteenth, we play the USA. Twentieth, we play Finland. 22nd of May we'll play Latvia and then the 23rd of May which is lined up to be a relegation decider against Austria should have been Belarus things have happened in the world Austria have taken the spot um, and I know that they are on free sports all seven games and I'm pretty certain five light sports actually will provide the radio coverage so plenty for fans who are unlucky or not able to go to Finland can watch the games and, and support the team um, out there um, and, see, and it's, it's your first world that you're going to um, what are you expecting? yeah uh, it's been quite a while waiting uh, first it was Switzerland and then uh, the fabled name Belarus uh, obviously both cancelled because of Covid so yeah it, it's going to be strange uh, I've been able to go this time I, I think I'm, I'm still you know uh, on that sort of Fence of is it going to go ahead? Is something going to happen last minute, last second? Uh, I think we've all got that really because it's just been such a couple of years of turmoil, uh, not knowing what's happening the, the next day, never mind next week. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And, um, so if expectations, uh, again, I, I don't think there really is any. Uh, I mean, GB have done really well to stay in the top division as, as well as, as long as I have. I don't know, COVID's helped that. Uh, last few years, but still, to uh, to get what to uh, beating France in overtime and then to beating Belarus in overtime as well, you know it's um, 
they've done great to stay where they are. And there's a lot of tough opposition again this year. Um, I think Norway and Austria could be our best chance. Uh, but again, the, the two top end teams, we've got a, a lot of very skilled players for them. A lot of players in the, uh, in the NHL as well. So that's going to be a massive, massive factor. But, Are they allowed uh, in the NHL players to travel? Uh, uh, players yes. will at the job is determined. Oh, with the Olympics, weren't it, sorry? Yeah. 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 So, um, if, I, I think, is it Minnesota, Zuccarello's with? If uh, Minnesota don't make it, I suppose we could see him. They'll, they'll be in the playoffs, so we're not seeing him. They'll be in the playoffs, that's fine. Well, David Frillich <laughs> flatters Patrick Kane again. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best hits in Slovakia was Dave Phillips against the, the F word. Um, and I want to say that was Texier. Yeah, oh, it was sexy. Open yeah. ice hit. That was yeah. beautiful. That. Yeah. So you, when you when you see, because obviously you don't see many in Europe, and you just hear this collective. <sighs> but our fans are like, yes, go on. Um, yeah, good old David Phillips. Um, or see fans just have like stone Jack Hughes. Like oh. <laughs> you just know Jack Hughes is going to be wanting to play at forty minutes and actually gets like five or six points. Like, you've rubbed this in the ground for me for years. I'm getting revenge. Um, and he's fine because he's played for, for New Jersey, so they'll let me in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Ash, uh, you know, what, 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 do you, what are your expectations? What are you hoping for from the world champs? I, I just want to see, as boys go over, like they've done the last two times, and give it their all. Because... To come up against the players that they're going to be coming up against is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for some of our guys. And, yeah, as long as they go out and just bleed for the, for the, for the, for the flag and put everything out on the ice, that's all I care about. Obviously, I'd love for us to stay up, but as long as they don't um, go and not represent, then that's all I care about. Because to be fair, the last two times we, st- we stayed up, and obviously I know last time we got relegated, but they still, even with that notion of knowing they were safe, they still competed. They didn't just go, oh, Scott, well, we'll just let them come at us. They fought and they gave teams a bloody good going. I think it was when they beat France, the Canadian team was stood in the hallway and shook their hands as they passed. You know, when you're getting the. Team candidate, the World Championships, literally coming out from their locker room, prepping for their game, giving you a handshake. It makes you look like you're meant to be there, if you get me. Uh, absolutely, and it's and I know it's not the best of the best. It's not your McDavid's and co, but it's still Team Canada. Yeah, it holds so much weight. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing that was weird in that game. When you go to Europe, have a football or any sport, and you're the opposition, and you get the wolf whistles, the boom when it's on the power play, for example. And we've heard it as Steelers watching them in the Connie Cup of the CHL. To have that on your side, because the crowd were like, no, what GB to win, was the, well, one of the weirdest things. Like, this is, this is not normal. This is the normally wolf whistle that us were on the puck. No, the home fan was like us. And I don't, I don't know if anybody noticed, because it never really mentioned. <laughs> But the, the staff who go on the ice back and forth um, in the yellow jackets in Slovakia, when we scored the game winner, they were celebrating as though they were British fans. Um, so, you know, the team made, made a lasting impression. And in fairness, in Latvia, they wouldn't have been relegated. No. 
because they got four points, uh, the win against Belarus and the overtime loss against Denmark. Mm. So the last two tours have actually done enough to stay up. Can, th- can they make it three-time uh, the charm? Who knows? I hope so. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think I think a lot of fans, even those who aren't going, but looking forward to watching it. Um, just oh, yeah. obviously, obviously, the buzz of the last world champs, obviously, Slovakia and everything. Um, no, nah, it's, it's going to be good. And I'm sure we'll, we'll find the chance before we, we head out to talk more about the world champs. And I'm sure we'll, we'll get some live stuff. Uh, whilst we're out there, we'll get inside the new arena in, in Tampere, the Nokia Arena. I've watched a couple of Tampere games, and that building looks fantastic. That looks like a smart building. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. So, so yeah, um, anything else on, on Wilds? I know we've kind of done a bit on that. Um, yes, I'd just like to say uh, massive congratulations to the GB women. So they, they won... Uh, Absolutely. Their group, didn't they? They did. They won gold. I think it's the first time they've won gold. Uh, a con- huge congratulations to uh, the Lionesses. Uh, uh, that gold is as proud as the gold that the men's have, the men's teams have done. Um, end of. Um, so congratulations, ladies. You, you know, did us all proud. Um, just adds to the the up curve of GB Hockey. It's not just the men; the women are doing the bits as well. So well done, ladies. You've you've done us all proud. It's great to see. Uh, absolutely amazing. So uh, massive congratulations to all of them. To do really well to, to deserve this and. Uh, Best look at the next division. Hope they can smash that one as well. Yeah, um, I mean, watching them uh, for Olympic qualifiers, they played outstanding in that, and I'm guessing it's the majority of the same team that they took to that. And they were unlucky at the Olympics, so I'm absolutely glad they regrouped, came back, and won the gold and fetched it home for us. No, they had some good attendances for that as well. They, had, they broke the record for um, watched in the UK, so. This, this, this that curve of, of, of GBs is spreading across because the junior uh, groups have done well. I know the under 18. 18's got bronze yeah, yeah, as a point yeah, of yeah. gold. So we, we, our, our, our teams that are going out are doing us proud. So uh, it's, 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 it's things you love to see. Um, so is that everything? And my apologies, we should have mentioned it. It, was, it should have been a, any other visits. It should have been a mentioned full stop. Um, anything else on Worlds? Okay, we'll move on to the predictions. The final one for the regular season. Thank goodness for that. Because <laughs> as ever, we can't predict. No. Nope. And if you do listen to this before the games and you want to put a cheeky pound on at the bookies, don't. But if you do, you, don't blame us for it. Every pound you put on, you lose a pound. <laughs> so, Friday, Belfast, Sheffield. Still is to win 3-2 in overtime. Ooh. Giants, uh, 4-2. And I say Giants win 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Dundee, 5. <clears throat> 4-2 Dundee. Uh, 5-3 Dundee. 4-3 regulation, Dundee. Uh, next, Belfast Coventry. Belfast to win 5-2. Belfast, 4-1. Coventry to win 3-1. Uh, Glasgow, 5. 
I've gone five five one Cardiff. Five one Cardiff. But did you? Oh no! What was the team again? Glasgow v five, mate. Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, six three Glasgow. It's like the world's worst uh, line connection at Eurovision Song Contest. There. Uh, <laughs> do you want to just? You said six three Glasgow, there, mate. Yes, mate. <laughs> I zoned that then. <laughs> Andy. Uh, I'm going to say 4-1 Glasgow. I'm saying 5-2 Glasgow. Uh, Manchester versus Guildford. 4-2 Guildford. Five-three Guildford. Five-two Guildford, and Cardiff versus Dundee. Five-one Cardiff. Uh, the, list- the listeners are going to be getting deja vu here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say five-two Cardiff. Stop copying me, Andy. <laughs> right, uh, Sunday, 5 3 Glasgow. 4 1 Glasgow. 3 2 Glasgow. Is that regulation or overtime? Regulation. Okay. 4 2 5. Guildford v Manchester. Guildford to win 4 2. Guildford. 3-2 in overtime. Guildford 6-2. Nottingham v Cardiff. 5-2 Cardiff. 4-2 Cardiff. 5-1 Cardiff. And the final fixture, Coventry v Dundee. 5-3 Coventry. I'm going to say 3-0 Coventry. I'm going to say 5-4 Coventry in regulation. So that is the predictions. Last call. Do we have anything else for this week's episode? I'm seeing shaking heads. So we'll go with the socials. Um... Facebook, My Fancy Zamboni, and the My Fancy Zamboni discussion group. Um, if you haven't added yourself on there, add it. Message one of myself, Andy, Greff, and Joe. We'll add you into there. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at MSZ Podcast. Um, give it a listen, give it a share, let us know what you think. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the socials. Um, I have two other pieces of news. We'll get the, the worst bit out of the way. The last episode we did, we did mention another prediction in the fixtures of the Knights v River Kings, and it'd be a miss not to say well done to the River Kings for their victory. Ash, uh, unfortunately, um, due to a last-minute um, pull-out, shall we say, um, wasn't able to play, but he was very... Well, like a put-in. Well, I was trying to be nice, um, <laughs> as much as didn't want to be. Um, as local on the bench, he plays back iron, so congratulations. Thank you very um, much. To Hull. Job. Um, yeah. yeah we'll not talk about it done (laughs) Um, and the last one and I think I speak for all five of us so you two and and Joe and Greff they know about the podcast they may even listen to it but a couple of our friends are getting married this weekend finally 
on the fourth attempt. Thank you, Cody. Um, Adam and Tiff, um, wishing you guys, uh, wishing, I hope it's the day you've been, you've been thinking of for the last few years. Uh, I hope it's what you wanted and wish you guys a continued, uh, lifetime happiness as husband and wife. So uh, looking forward to that. Should be, uh, uh, a nice day. Uh, get to, uh, scrub up and put some nice shoes on and, uh, yeah, celebrate, uh, uh, a good day. Um, so yeah. yeah, from all of us at the podcast, wishing wishing you all the very best. So, um, I see one hour sixteen, guys. Wow, unheard of. It's like back in the day. This, this is so. How, how can we drag the uh, the end of it to two hour twenty? It's not even twelve yet. What is going on? Exactly. If you play a charades and have the uh, listeners guess what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, that probably, that'll probably extend it to give the podcast to the viewers the normal length. So, um, Andy, thank you very much, um, as ever. Um, thank you much, Matt. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ash. Uh, thanks, uh, Gref and Joe, for listening at home, uh, I'm guessing. Uh, <laughs> but now, um, yeah, thanks, everyone, listening. Uh, again, big shout-out to... Uh, to uh, Joe and everyone at the Belfast Giants, uh, congratulations, guys. Uh, they do deserve it uh, and great fan support uh, over the weekend. So uh, congratulations to you both and hopefully see you soon. Absolutely, mate. Um, Ash, end of your PTO. Uh, thank you ever so much, mate. Uh, it's, I've said it on Twitter, I'll say it now. It's been an absolute blast having you. Uh, we'll discuss see, uh, if we can find some, uh, some shekels and uh, keep you on for a bit longer. Um, it's been brilliant having you on, mate. Thank you, I've really enjoyed myself, uh, something out of my norm, um, not the best of speakers, as you all know, and I sometimes speak a bit too fast and people can't understand me, but I've really enjoyed Honestly. myself, <laughs> uh, I've really enjoyed myself, it's been something different, and have me back whenever you can, boys, I've really enjoyed it. Look at that, mate. In fairness, Andy, ask us, hold my bear, when it comes yeah. to speaking too quick, so, um, <laughs> it's called, it's called knowing you for a long time, mate, so... Hey. But, uh, no, guys, thank you very much. Um, Joe, Gref, hope you're off IR soon. Um, to the listeners, thank you so much. And that's it for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. And don't forget, the shop is open. <laughs>